You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Erasmus Stylianesis. Welcome back, everybody, for episode 14. We have another awesome guest for you today, Nathaniel. It's Solace or Solace? Solace. Solace. Yeah. Uh, Nathaniel's someone I have the utmost respect for and the work that he does with entrepreneurs, the journey he's taken in his life. He's just a really, really cool dude, really intelligent. I uh, just love the way he shows up in life and really excited to have you on here. Um, Joel is an integrative leadership coach, creator of Masterful Man. You mean Nathaniel? Which, oh yeah. What did I say, Joel? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Like, there we go. Cool. Things, him too. This is yeah, great. Him too. Wow. You guys have like the same path. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, Nathaniel, you know, you both end with L's, right? You know, so I got a little confused, but there Nathaniel's you. an integrative leadership coach, a creative of, of, a career. let's just, let's start this over. Okay. We'll just start this over. Welcome back everybody to episode 14. <laughs> We're here. You're not going to go away with that. You're not going to go away with that. This is going in the episode. This whole okay, episode fine. It's right That's all good, dude. I love it. Episode. We're here for the truth. Let's go. And this is the truth. <laughs> for real. <laughs> Nathaniel is an integrative leadership coach, creator of Masterful Man, Ritual Reboot, and the Integrative Leadership Academy. That all sounds amazing. Uh, what I really want to start with, though, and this is something, even though we've known each other, you know, we've been kind of in the same kind of peripheral world with a lot of mutual friends and acquaintances and doing, doing our work for the last you know, maybe decade. What really stood out to me um, was something that you had done, a little personal experiment that you did about four or five years ago, four years ago, I think, where you spent 100 days, intentional days, without cannabis, without alcohol, without porn, without masturbation, caffeine, or sugar. And it's something that you said has really trans that really transformed your life. Mm-hmm. Or any fun, no fun either, clearly. No, no fun at all. <laughs> Were you doing a dark room retreat? Were you just yeah. like in a dark room the whole time? <laughs> That would definitely accelerate. You probably don't need a hundred days with something like that. You know, just get straight to the, straight to the source, to the yeah. space between. Right. So why'd you do it? Um, well, I've been experimenting on myself. I mean, my whole life essentially, you know, and then just <laughs> what, what else is life. Right. Um, but I got really into nutrition when I was in high school and just giving a crap about what I was putting in my body. Weirdly enough, that clicked for me because of Alex Jones. Okay. Just, you know, just to weave that weird, weirdly in there. So he had a video where he's literally like, it's in, it's in the food, <laughs> it's poison. And he's just showing all these like, you know, mainstream t- typical foods. And he's like, this is, this, here's what I always knew there was bad food. Like you're not supposed to eat candy bars all day, but I didn't get that because it's actually toxic. Like it's actually mm-hmm. damaging the body. Like that didn't click for me until I was like maybe 15 or something. And then, um, so I've just been like an self experimenter ever since. And, um, at this point in my life, you know, all of these things had been patterns and, and dynamics that were present and, you know, would ebb and flow in my life anyways. And you, you learn about things like the NoFap movement, which gets Mm -hmm. guys really can get guys really curious about what's possible in that arena. Um, and then obviously anyone in their right mind knows that like drinking alcohol all the time just doesn't really work for anybody. Um, and same with cannabis, ultimately, you know, there's a lot of context and a lot of nuance to all of that and different case scenarios. But in my case, I just had the sense that, you know, I wasn't like, I'm not, I wasn't born 
on drugs, right? <laughs> and um, I'm not, no part of me is built to watch people having sex all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and especially a bunch of like random, weird, fake, you know, you know highly saturated <laughs> scenes that wouldn't exist in life anyways, right? And maybe that's causing damage too. And, um, you know, at this point, I'd been an entrepreneur for five or six years. So like my performance and my ability to show up and be present and do my job well is very, uh, like you get so sensitive to that. So it just made a lot of sense. Like, all right, let's just go, let's just go all in and see what happens. I knew I was, I knew I was going to be sleeping better and just being more emotionally stable and all these things, but man, the like sort of cascading effect, um, you know, I love the term, everything touches everything. Mm-hmm. So to have, have shifted so many pieces that influence you on such a fundamental level all at the same time was just mind blowing. Now, naturally I went in very prepared having kind of started to taper off a lot of stuff, especially I'd say caffeine was the hardest one. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I see that very, uh, seems to be a very common theme. Um, but I got myself super ready. There are definitely other supplements and things I was probably upping at that point. Um, I've done it again since then without supplements as well, which is a whole other level to just kind of let go of like, I'm supposed to have this perfectly, you know, calculated amount of nutrients in my body every single day at the exact right time, or else I'm going to die. Right. And like letting go of that kind of patterning too, which is similar to any of the other undercurrents that would cause like a unchecked cannabis or alcohol or masturbation addiction, any of those kinds of things, right. It's like this deeper, uh, sense of control or, you know, the type of like emotional regulation that's trying to happen through these other, you know, Mm -hmm. mechanisms. And uh, long story short, it was a total game changer. Like not a single area of my life wasn't 10 times better. Um, The one caveat too, that I don't always share is that I did have a girlfriend at the time. So I was having sex Mm -hmm. at the time, which also made, you know, (laughs) made it very, very helpful. Um, You were ejaculating during the hundred days. Yeah. Still not like, way like way less yeah um you know i'd say every every 10 to 14 days is a really good kind of cycle for most men especially mm-hmm. around our age and it's pretty crazy when you you know in, in running men's programs and working with a lot of guys and getting behind the scenes a lot it's like on a, typically it's more like every day or every other day is most oh, dudes yeah man. and there's not there's nothing wrong with that but it's one of those things where it's like the willingness to look and be curious and just be like man yeah I literally don't know who I am without like, we have a, a guy in the last masterful man program. He's like, I've literally orgasm every day since I could yeah. like, since, you know, uh, uh, since I got to that stage in my life. And for him, that was over 15 years or something at this point. And then he went a solid, you know, uh, 30 something days, you know, no fapped, but simply, and he was a different person completely. Even yeah. just a week in, he was a different person. Like, like tangibly and in his mannerisms, everything. And, um, it's just, it's mind blowing. So that, that ties into a lot of, you know, a lot of things, a lot of rabbit holes, I'm sure we'll get into, but. Yeah, definitely. I, um, you know, in 2000, was it right after moving to LA, which was 2013, I had stopped, uh, caffeine, alcohol, weed, uh, I mean, all of the recreational drugs and I've been off of them since then. Now I can't say the same for, you know, masturbation and porn. I've had my own battles with, with pornography, you know, especially when I was younger, because like this, maybe this person in your, that was in your program. I mean, you know, from age like 13 to like early thirties, man, I, I was watching porn all the time. I mean, I just turned 
41 and it's like it was it's a hard thing man it's yeah. definitely a hard thing and i think it's something that it's not really spoken about often uh, now, again, in our world, in our community, in men's work, you know, it's things that are being talked about more, but general, for the average person, it's like, there's just nothing wrong with just like waking up, beating off, going to sleep, beating off, et cetera. And like, in you fact, said, it's wrong when you don't like life yeah. feels wrong, like nothing works. Like yeah. we've actually built it. We've, we've become reliant on the certain default that again, it just deserves inquiry. It's not like some, you know, we're Bad not throwing thing. out a bunch of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the inquiry is important because it's like, well, what, what's the thing? Like what's underneath? Why do we always turn to the thing, whether it's caffeine, whether it's chocolate, whether it's sugar, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, like, what is it that this habitual thing that we're doing, is it trying to cover up something? Is it trying to like bypass some other somatic sensation feeling that's happening? And like you said, it's all about the inquiry to know why and what, what would happen if you didn't, you know? And that's, I think that's the really cool thing. I know in, in, in my experience, like particularly with, um, I guess, cannabis, it's a, it's, it's, it's a numbing, right? Or it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thinking that, oh, I, I deserve to feel pleasure at this point in time. I've had a really hard day. You know what I mean? I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't filled all those holes the way I should. I need to treat myself here kind of thing. And it's, just a, it's, it's a numbing and it's a, it's a distraction from, yeah, you're right, feeling what needs to be felt to actually realistically grow without the, without the handicap. It's also the most efficient uh, form of self-regulation. It's like yeah. the easiest way to mm. facilitate a process that literally has to happen or mm. we would die yeah. or we'd break, we'd literally go insane, right? You don't manage stress, you are done, right? So it, it also makes perfect sense based on the, the, the conditions and the circumstances. It's like, man, it's so easy um, to do that. So it's like, we also have to bring it to that point too, where it's like, because every single human being on the planet right now, every single day has a way in which they regulate themselves, mm-hmm. right? It has, it has to be done. And the days that you can't do it very well, you can tell, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and after a few days of doing it really well, you can really tell as well, right? That's where my whole like integrative leadership premise comes from because everything touches everything. That's automatically overwhelming for most people, right? Mm-hmm. When you hear the, those phrases like, how you do one thing is how you do everything, which is obviously like that phrase specifically doesn't make sense. Like yeah. obviously not, how, <laughs> right. Um, but what it's pointing at makes a lot of sense, which is yeah. kind of like the attempt of integrity is worth it <laughs> to put really simply. Right. And when you look at the word integrity and the word integration, they have that same root integer, which comes from wholeness. Basically it means wholeness and everybody's walking around with as a bunch of incomplete versions of themselves, right? And all these experiences we haven't been able to process. And, you know, um, I, my relationship with cannabis shifted drastically when somebody, I can't even remember, I was probably so high when they told me this, I can't remember who told me this, (laughs) but, but it's stuck and it works. So thank you. But they said, if you, you know, at the end of your day, you have a smoke or you have a drink or whatever, or what, or pills or whatever it might be, you didn't complete your day. Your day went right up until that hit. Let's say you had that hit like 7 p.m. And then the rest of your day, like the rest of your day is this kind of like voided opportunity. Because what would have happened if you didn't do that thing is you would have to deal with the stress that's in your body and you'd have to feel it and it's uncomfortable, but it's actually handling that discomfort and potentially more lucid ways that kind of like don't just sugarcoat it or numb it or give you this kind of false 
sense of something, right? You would actually have a better chance of integrating that thing over time. And also like if you're stressed at the end of work every day, cause you actually hate your job getting high or drunk at the end of the day just helps you like cope with the fact that you're doing something you hate instead of hating yeah. it enough to change it. It's, it's like just perpetuating the thing. And instead of like, just taking the nail out of your foot, it's kind of like yeah. just leaving it there and, you know, yeah. kind of working around it and doing whatever. Um, yeah. You think, yeah, think like, yeah, when I drink, I can't really feel the thing in my foot. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's going to be a yeah. hassle to take it out. So fuck it. You know, I think that's why caffeine is like, I, I think of caffeine as this drug that like allows people to do things they don't want to do for much, much longer periods of time, you know, and I see mm -hmm. it's, it's no surprise that it's like the thing that's promoted everywhere. It's, yeah. it's on every corner. Um, you know, it's there's... the blood of industrialism, basically, yeah. right? That's yeah. why we're able to work night shifts and stay inside all day working in factories and all that stuff. Do you think there's anything to be said for intentional usage? If, for example, with cannabis, your intention is to process and is to is to feel somatically. Yeah, totally. It's, I mean, it's one of the most powerful tools for that or with any of these things, you know, like it's yeah. interesting that alcohol can be called spirits mm. and you look at how some traditions that will like really only make alcohol a thing when they're celebrating someone's death. Right. And they're connecting with the spirit world through yeah. that sense. And think about like, how emotional alcohol can open you up in this beautiful, like if you want to dance and cry mm -hmm. about it and be this, you know, and like, so doing that with your community to like honor someone, that sounds powerful, right? But that's the thing. These things are super powerful. So yeah, yeah I think there's a lot to be said about intentional use and it should always be as intentional as possible. Mm -hmm. Even I love when I've introduced people like, like legit stoners, just introducing them. Like if you have time to go like pack a bowl and take a hit, you have time to take three deep breaths and like pray before you do that mm -hmm. and just having actually stacking that into that habit is like such a game changer because every once in a while you like pray and then you're like man you know what i should go like finish some of that shit i needed to finish and then we'll, and then we can come back to this and then the whole thing's a better experience right or yeah. you get to like connect with something right out the gate because the first i think it's 20 30 minutes with cannabis is when you get in this like synchronized brain state which heightens the pattern recognition, which is why a lot of people get really um, uh, par paranoid, oh, paranoid, right? From cannabis, because it's just the pattern recognition part of your brain is so high that you then start making patterns that don't exist. Like, oh my God, the neighbors just got home. Does that mean they called the cops because they know <laughs> I smoked and they, you know, it's like you just create this pattern out of the data that you have, Yeah. right? So to be able to actually go into that initial space with a prayer that's kind of like, hey, cannabis like show me where to look right now mm, show me yeah. what i can find and it'll kind of you know back you up from many fronts on that so yeah. yeah these things are so and that's the that's the most epic part is like we're built we're on a planet that has built in bliss and vitality and like everything for us to be having the most like divine sexual delicious you know creative whimsical experience you know and apparently not everyone's gotten the memo. <laughs> we keep treating it like it's something else, but that is what's here, you know? So I think it's like this interesting, in the same way that pornography is rampant, you could argue because we've actually removed the on, like the worshiping of the goddess from society, right? And we've removed like the sacred element of that. And then there's like something like OnlyFans just kind of mm -hmm. clicking into that space, right? And in a sense, there's nothing wrong with that, and there's everything about that is wrong, 
you know, like at the same time, like that's, that's not just that it's allowed to happen. People are free people, but it's like supposed to happen. We're supposed to have this, like this type of honoring and worshiping and like desiring and all that stuff is like a real part of the human experience. And just like making alcohol, as long as humans have existed, we've fermented stuff and have drank it, you know? Yeah. So it's like, we're just, something is so funny and so off about like these real tangible potent parts of the human experience that we're kind of in the uh, uh upside down version i love i love that you said that because the the elimination of goddess worship from society this is and this is a completely ancient thing right yeah. most people don't realize that the original worship was goddess worship we worshiped the sky before anything else right and she was the womb that held everything else and then i guess in, in man's need to dominate and his lack of ability to create by himself, he decided the sun then became the primary. Um, and so solar cult theology began and we had, we started worshiping all these solar gods, which mm-hmm. basically exist in every, every Western dogma you, you can imagine. Um, but yeah, linking that all the way, all the way down to, to, to porn as the aversion of goddess worship, it's, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 I fucking hate that that's the case, but it's because it's just so like tangent. It's so for real. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's like a third of all internet activity is pornography. I wouldn't doubt it. Like the stats are, the stats are insane. I saw a video of this guy arguing that the only reason we even have phones with screens on them in the first place is because of porn. And the only reason the screens got bigger is because of porn. Like the porn industry drove us to start making laser discs and like, how do we cram more data into more spaces is literally because of those industries. Yeah. And because that's like the undercurrent of the economy and the psychology of all human beings, just like caught up in this, this current, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And hopefully we can come up and get some fucking air, you know, (laughs) and figure it out. Why do you you think there is this inversion? Why do you think that like things are used habitually, not intentionally? Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, so there's, there's so many different layers to this. One is we're more, we're more animals than we are anything else. Right. And again, so it's like, you're going to, you give a, 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 any animal the option to eat what it normally eats or like twinkies it's gonna go for the twinkies first one because it's just new and interesting and it's like and they're gonna eat the shit out of that and then they'll go eat their thing too but it's like that that's just built in right like we don't have as much free will as we like to really hope that we do (laughs) you know so there's like there's a book called the lucifer principle and Mm -hmm. it's this idea that even without any actual kind of evil force or some entity or some aliens or interdimensional or Illuminati or any of that kind of stuff, you can still be walking in a forest and fall over and scrape your knee. And technically that's like evil done to your knee, right? You've had, you've been damaged. Or when you go just look at animals in a forest, a, a bobcat will come and steal the food that the other animal did. It's not evil. There's no devil involved in that scenario. So there's also just this sort of interesting, if you just want to put it on that layer, like humans are built to be this kind of uh, social, like a collective social unconscious composting system, right? Where it's like, we're built to kind of evoke the worst of the worst and the best of the best and this full spectrum experience that keeps kind of like, you know, like metabolizing into itself. 
So we're just kind of like, right. We're just right on track by that, from that sort of frame, you know, it's like, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel and from an evolutionary perspective, like we have to overcome the like stupidest, weirdest, weakest links in our system. And mm. our system is still built out of a physiology that's just based in sex and, and eating enough and just staying safe. You know, we're, we're coming from this, you know, million year old blueprint of survival mode. And now a lot of us have consciousness that have woken up past that where it's like, oh, there literally is enough. In fact, that's, well, that's like one of the biggest farces on the planet is this idea of the, the kind of finite resources and the narrative that we get around that, right? So we're all also even living in this larger grid of this like um, perpetuated uh, scarcity and survival inducing kind of, kind of meme. Yeah. So that's another layer too. You know, you could also argue it's like there are people who understand how all this stuff works. And they make sure to spend tons and tons of money so that one of the largest industries in the world can be something like pornography versus something like, you know, literally like if you just replace pornography with all those videos are just educating people on how to like breathe and eye gaze and like actually become these like super epic sexually connected divine beings like this planet would we would have blasted off into some other, <laughs> you know, yeah. level at yeah. this point. And as, as, as well as that, evil is ontological, right? It's, it's always been here. Like evil in, in the deepest sense is just constriction. It's just contraction. It's, it's, the, yeah. it's the push and pull that's the needed exhale. for, yeah. yeah, exactly, for, for anything to grow. And like one, one concept that really, that really hits me is what if this realm is just a God doing shadow work? What if it's just God exploring his dark side, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I like that. It would, yeah, it, it, that's just an, another way to say something you hear a lot of different cultures, a lot of people who have had the time to explore these things, you know, before the internet even existed, which is pretty yeah. badass, you know, come to very similar conclusions. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard not to, when you consider, <clears throat> I think it was Daniel Vitalis, who I heard say this the first time, <clears throat> excuse me, but we basically live in like the worst conditions possible. One, we're on the third dimension, which is really fragile. Like I could get up from this chair wrong and fall over and break a bone and die, right? It's very, it's very delicate, right? That's pretty crazy, right? I could be in the wrong room with the wrong balance of invisible stuff in the air and I'm dead, right? So it's just yeah. super de delicate already. But then it's like we, we shit in our clean drinking water. We like throw out food that could feed people who are dying who don't have enough food. Mm -hmm. And then there's people dying because they eat too much of the food, right? like all, all these weird we're literally just killing each other based off of reasons that don't exist in a lot of cases or reasons that are completely you know created on purpose so anyways it's like this really talk about shadow work it's like this is as mm. tangible real deal as it gets and you can and you can tell to the degree to which we confront things lucidly or not you can really see like how humanity is unfolding you know yeah based on like how we're treating certain things and right now i think that's just getting more and more inflamed you know yeah and this and this for me is where i guess individualism is key you know what i mean um yes obviously we're all in, we're all interconnected on, on a collective level but as well it's up to the individual to take self-responsibility to realize his, his his own impact you know mm -hmm. um and what what part he's playing in that in the collective shit yeah. show that is playing out yeah and and speaking of that because I'm just curious more about your story and your journey, man. Um, 
like how what got you into all this like what was it in your life where you were like all right i don't want to i want to stop jerking off three times a day and smoking <laughs> weed all the time or like what happened in your childhood like i'm just curious more to hear just about like, your story too yeah, man you know yeah totally and i hope that's not like that's not like the guy that's not like the guy that i you know like that's not my thing that's not my thing um uh okay so i love this question because i've tried i've tried really hard to not take 10 hours to tell the story my, my story fe honestly feels like this interesting movie, like the most interesting movie I could imagine with so much synchronistic, cool, awesome stuff. While at the, that, at the exact same time, it's got me to this place where I actually, like, I feel like Nathaniel is this character that I get to enjoy experiencing mo more than I feel like I am that guy most of the time, which is pretty awesome. Um, something that that's kind of developed over time. So it's even the more I put it like that, it's like, holy shit, this is crazy. So I'll give you just a few examples. So um, I was put up for adoption before I was born. And so as soon as I came out, I was handed to a new family. And unfortunately, I kind of manifested the traumatic version of that, which was my body was did not handle that well. It's like, holy crap, where did those two voices go I've been listening to for the last nine months? Where are the pheromones I'm built to smell and recognize? Why can't I smell those anymore? Why, do, you know, it's like put in this completely foreign environment with two older adopted siblings as well. So I have a sister from Korea, a brother who's got blonde hair, blue eyes. My dad's a Viking with red hair. My mom's a little Jewish lady with, you know, curly hair. So I was in this like super epic, you know, incredible family, super beautiful. It's the most blessed opportunity. And I still carried this physiological trauma which is actually really well studied like uh, adoption mm -hmm. is super intense especially even if you go into a foster home and you get all that kind of chaos and then so when i was just a little kid i just already had a lot of extra things to think about like where the hell are my parents why'd they give me away how does all this work where are my brother and sister have parents too like are there every person i meet are they with their real parents like how does all this work how come when i go to like uh, a friend's house and I like see all the people in the family and they look the same and they feel the same and they smell the same. And they're like, my, that doesn't feel that way at my house. There's something weird about that. Then my mother who adopted me passed away when I was eight from chemotherapy. So here I am eight years old and I got a whole other set of things to think about. Like, where did she go? How does that work? You know, why did she, why did she die? Oh, she was sick. Like, don't you, can't you get people better when they're sick? Like, Oh, cancer is this whole thing. Like why? Why couldn't some people don't die from cancer? Why did she die? From, you know, so all and I'm eight years old <laughs> trying to sort all that out. I didn't have any sort of religious upbringing. So, you know, my dad very vaguely gave me this like, oh, she's an angel now or something, you know, but he didn't even believe that necessarily. And weirdly enough, um, the night that my mom passed away, um, there was this crazy lightning and thunderstorm. And we're, you know, watching the lightning and, you know, counting this hear the thunder, see how far away it is. And we're just hanging out in the backyard and this lightning strikes. The, it's the closest I've ever been to a lightning strike. And if you've ever been really close, the whole sky like lights up for a millisecond and it's like electric and hot, like, and you could feel it everywhere for like a millisecond. And as soon as that happened, I felt my mom kiss me on my cheek. And I like knew it was my mom. Like it just, that was the impression I got. And I like freaked out and I told my dad, I was all pumped. I go to bed that night and I have my first uh, lucid dream. So, and weirdly enough too, it was a dream where I'm in this mansion and it's like this, like a party. And I don't even know where I'd have the, obviously I saw something in a movie or something, but 
it's a mansion and it's this jam-packed party and everyone's in their dapper suits and stuff, but they're all skeletons. So it's like these creepy kind of skeleton in this big like white marble mansion sort of thing. And it was just so weird that I'm sitting there going, this is so weird, like this, oh shit, I just went to sleep. I'm dreaming right now. And it like clicked and I was able to like go, like just leave the house and just kind of hang out in the backyard of this mansion, kind of looking up at the sky and checking. I'm like, this is a trip. Like I'm in a dream right now. I'm eight years old. Like it's hard to even, I can't actually remember how I used to think at that age when I wasn't awake, but I have so many dreams. I have more memories of dreams than I do of my real life at this point. So I've been lucid dreaming since I was eight years old. That's a, that's a huge part of my story. Wow. Um, there's yeah, a lot of, speak about that. There's a lot of layers to lucidity, everything from being able to like decide where you want to walk or what you want to do and grab or look to like creating things or, you know, flying. And, and then there's this sort of God mode where you can literally do anything. And I've had multiple dreams now at this point where I've done everything in the dream. Similar to like, if you've done, I know people have said who have done acid or mushrooms say they've had similar, where you kind of feel like you explore like every little nook and cranny of the universe and then put it all in this nice little package somewhere in your subconscious. And um, that changes, that changes, you know, I already had a lot of things to think about. Now I'm like, what the hell is, what am I doing on this other planet? Like saving an alien race from this tidal wave. And, you know, like, every night was this crazy exploration. So it just kind of, I feel like that flexed my brain a lot at a really young age. I was also raised on local seafood. So thank my dad for that. Kept, kept the healthy fats in there for me to like retain all this crazy stuff that's going on. By the time I got in high school, um, so here, here the, the sort of the pivotal moment in high school, I'm pretty sure I was about 15 years old and somebody left the Loose Change documentary, a DVD in my mm. mailbox. Yeah. And that was like the deal, you know, all of a sudden this crazy brain that I had got to like channel it into something. Cause I grew up in Santa Barbara, Southern California. Oh, okay. It's very like Pleasantville. Like it's yeah. just perfect there. No one's make causing too much trouble. It's so nice. 70 degrees every single day. It's just, it's like perfect, but it also added to this, like, you know, and also mostly very liberal and very blue like i remember growing up like just being told like red red are the bad guys and blue are the good guys and that was just kind of the 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 general mode not that i disagree with that or any of that shit but just you know like just how kind of like unflexible the 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 type of thinking that was out there right um so seeing this documentary and i'm 15 and i'm just watching this and i'm like wait so the they said the hole in the pentagon is this big but the plane that they're saying hit the Pentagon is bigger than the hole that's in it. How do you make a hole smaller than the thing that's making the hole? <laughs> Just that alone. Like, so somebody's <laughs> lying. Somebody has to be lying, like period. That's right. And I didn't really, I didn't care who or why that, that didn't, that part didn't really click yet, but I was just like, that's weird. And I watched the whole thing. I'm like, wait, so they like found the passport, like the whole building turned into dust, but they found the passport of the people who flew the plane. Like, oh, passports made out of paper, right? Like that, and that didn't decide it. So just little weird things like that. So that hit me hard, right? It was yeah. like this bubble bursting kind of, and then I found a group, I had a group of friends in high school who we'd smoke weed together and like kind of explore these questions. Like, what is the universe made out of? Like, what is, there are all these different religions. What's going on there? What's, oh my God, they're all kind of saying the same thing. Oh my God, they're all copies of even older stories from these other things. You know, Zeitgeist came out around then and, esoteric agenda 
<clears throat> uh, what the bleep, all these cool, like mm-hmm. I was so prime time. My brain was so open for all of this stuff to come flooding in. By the time I was, <clears throat> I think 18 or excuse me, 17, my friends and I had created a website. So it was my job to, we basically wanted to make like a Facebook meets YouTube without all the waste of time. <clears throat> so the idea was the only content we'd have up on there is like valuable consciousness expanding content, right? It's incredible, dude. You're doing that at 17, 18. <clears throat> so it was my job to curate. Literally, it was my job for a whole summer. I just watched cool videos, wrote a couple paragraphs about them, and then uploaded them onto this website. So over the course of that year, I I watched every single, and this is when, do you guys remember when Google Video was a thing as well? So Google oh. was started to compete with YouTube for So I'm double okay, searching. Yep on yep. YouTube and Google video. And at that point I watched like every, as an example, like every Hay House author, the Greg Braden's, Bruce Lipton's, Joe Dispenza, anything they had that was on the internet, I had watched all of it and totally absorbed it and took notes on it. And then everything from like permaculture to self-healing to quantum physics. And then naturally, when you start trying to understand how the world works, you start, there's these red flags that really pop up. Like I kind of shared, we throw out enough food to feed all the hungry people. Mm-hmm. There's enough, there's more empty houses in the U S than there are homeless people. Right. Not that they should just like put them in the houses. You know, that'd be kind of weird, but mm-hmm. you get, you get what I'm saying. There's a, some yeah. design, there's some design problem. And then I'm like, wait, but people design those systems. So why are the people being stupid? Like being so stupid, that makes zero. Oh, they make more money when they do it. This, Oh, they, right? Like they're able to, you know, make, keep good deals with this country when they do it that way and do these under the table. And then you start actually learning how things are running. So by the time I was 18 or 19, I started my own YouTube channel because I wanted to start just share. I'm like, man, I've absorbed so much stuff. And I'm like connecting dots where like, oh, these guys are talking about this. These guys are talking about this. What if that's the same thing? Right. So I wanted to make my own content. My very first video I ever put up on the internet was me reading off a list of about 30 quotes of all famous uh, presidents and like military generals and you know military intelligence people all talking about the secret government behind the real government, right? Or the, or the secret government behind the front-facing government that kind of runs the show, the hidden hand. They all had their different ways of saying it, but that was me trying to kind of like start my little ripple effect and be like, hey world, there's something really funky going on here and everyone knows it and nobody's talking about it. This is really, and then the people who are talking about it are, you know, labeled conspiracy theorists mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And then nobody wants, so it's like, what's going on? And I was one of those like hardcore, like 9-11 truthers for a while. I'd always have this t-shirt on and, you know, we'd like drive by people and scream at them to go Google it and stuff like that. So like we, which I'm glad, you know, it's, we were just so yeah. passionate. We had no yeah. idea what to do, but we're just like, I think people kill people on purpose constantly yeah because the hundreds in, of thousands like what the hell is going state, on yeah, when you're in that state it's like why isn't everybody questioning this right yeah, like, man, yeah. like why isn't everyone as concerned about this as i am i remember being like yeah. that too and it's still it's still i'm like why aren't you concerned about this <laughs> yeah the last have, year and a half kind yeah. of knocked my socks off i didn't realize like oh, yeah. i thought our number i thought the numbers were totally different i also think the the degree to how well calculated the sort of like trauma level programming about Mm -hmm. it kind of swept another 30% that we wouldn't have expected. Right. Just the degree of like, save all the grandmothers. Right. Like there's, are you saying the number, are you saying the numbers in terms of like people who who played along and kind of fell fell for it kind of thing? That's because they're still jerking off. Right. (laughs) Dude. Yes. (laughs) It all all plays a role. 
That's, so cool. that's why Masterful Man exists. You know, one of the yeah. programs that we run, and and again, this isn't like me like trying to preach like a business thing. It's it's not it's a crazy, money maker. Bro. It's we just where where's the space? Men have lo- have lost their rite of passage, right? Yes. You used to. You're like 14. You they throw you out in the woods naked with a spear. You 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 figure it out. Life makes a lot more sense all of a sudden, right? We're missing that. Mm-hmm. Women have this built-in rite of passage, right? All of a sudden you're a teenager and you start bleeding out of your own body. It's by default, super vulnerable, super self-orienting, and also super social orienting, but in this like negative context, the way that it's built right now. But, but by the time they're 20, it's like you have grown up through a lot of things and you've had to have a lot of like private real moments with yourself in relation to your life. Men don't have that. We get pornography when we're 13 and then we just learn like, oh, I can just Tug on, tug on this well, thing, I, and I look touch at myself, this and thing. something comes out. Like the first time I ejaculated, I was like, "What the fuck?" But it's a little yeah, and if, and then you feel powerful, and, you, and it, but it's the right. It's covering those same bases. It's this private, personal, vulnerable thing, and again, it just gets totally uh, uh, you know slandered. But masterful man really is like this. I realized for me, it's like, if I'm going to sustainably, you know, I've been making content online, coaching, running online courses and, and retreats and doing all this fun stuff, just helping people transform. I'm one of those, you know, kind of mm-hmm. life coachy people, but uh, one of the good ones, good reputation. We actually get results. We actually do powerful stuff. But I realized for me, that path was very unsustainable for me to like be someone who's constantly needing to like show up and serve other people and you know, have good present energy on phone calls and doing events over and over and over again, my life has to make sense too. I can't have these little like messy, funny little habits, you know, lying around. So as my own sort of inquiry into myself, it's like, where do I want my life to actually be at? Do I want to be one of those guys where it's like, I'm just fucking dialed. Like shit just feels dialed. What does that feel like? Is that possible? Am I allowed to have that? You got to like go, go through all these little caverns within yourself and once enough of those things started to click for me, I realized, oh, the fact that I, how I figured out to do this for myself is something I could teach other guys to do as well. Uh, to, as a very simple example, the way we run the program, we spend the whole first month just kind of plugging up li- little leaks. It's called the cultivation month and just kind of building these guys back up before we go and do like the deeper emotional transformational work, right? For the same reason you wouldn't have an important argument or, or, or uh, uh, Freudian slip, you wouldn't have an important uh, uh, conversation with your spouse when you're exhausted, right? To the best of your ability, you'd never intentionally do that, mm-hmm. right? So why would you try to like go heal all your internal turmoil and whatnot when you've been, you know, just leaking for the last decade, mm-hmm. right? And how you, how poorly you sleep and how poorly you eat and how poorly you exercise and how little sunlight you get and all these toxins you keep bringing in and out of your body. It's like, we got to build these guys back up before we can do this stuff. And I think that's where the whole world is really caught in a loop right now, where we're so kind of diminished and defeated by what we were just put through that even when someone sees like, Hey, they've, they've denounced the PCR test. They've been bunked the whole time, the whole time. Like all those conspiracy theorists were saying the whole time, here's a video of Anthony Fauci saying, Anything under, I think it was 25 or 35 cycles per second. And everything that we do is like 35, 45, 55, 65. People see that now and don't have the bandwidth to process it. They can't go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I've literally been lied to. 
the last year and a half about all these things, right? So that's the thing, this code I'm trying to crack. It's like, how do we do the right fundamental? How do we just live fundamentally in a way? So we're prosilient enough, not resilient, but prosilient, right? And then how do we get the people who are so depleted and kind of shocked? How do we kind of cultivate them back up enough so that we can start, you know, moving forward in a way that's going to work? Yeah. You know, it's something that we've talked about often on the show is how to build a larger window of tolerance, you know, how to build the health of your nervous system, because when information comes in, that's going to challenge everything that you thought you knew, you know, you're in a place where you can hold space for it, as opposed to just have some internal program, psychic program, just kind of take over and be like, no, you're wrong. You're a conspiracy theorist. You're fucking crazy. You want my grandmother to die, et cetera, et cetera. So again, it's like, it does come back to doing the individual healing work to build Mm -hmm. tolerance, to hold space, et cetera. That you just reminded me, um, one of you said something earlier too about like individualism mm-hmm. and there's no such thing as individual healing, right? All healing is social healing, mm. which is so important for us to get to. Cause there's also like the shadow side to individualism is this like either a, like a lone wolf mentality. You kind of mm-hmm. get caught in cause it's like, man, wolf, man if everyone's just kind of figuring out their own stuff and I'm so overwhelmed, just figuring out myself, I'm just going to try to deal with as many little variables as possible. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people find themselves in that position, right? Like, I love that we can do this, right? I'm so glad we're not just all running our own little show and we never actually like connect with other homies and like share, you know, thoughts and weave it that way. Um, But that's super, super important. So there's this like balance of know how to be with yourself, when you're with yourself, right? Get that. And because anyone can be enlightened in their bedroom on their comfy little meditation pillow and their incense and their $20 green juice and all their stuff. So they're like good to go. And then you like leave the house and go be in the world. Mm -hmm. That's the reason. Aren't you cultivating all that peace in your house so that you can experience the world in, you know, from a peaceful way. So it's like just making sure that those get connected. Cause I do think that there is a, um, I was just watching a video, gosh, who was saying this, how even the sense of what of community is, which we've lived in, even just, you know, even just our parents in their kind of like normal suburb growing up thing had a more tightly knit neighborhood like community. They really did, you know, and they really knew it's like, we're just one generation out from all of a sudden, boom, like everyone's a stranger. The closest people to you are strangers which again is this interesting, awkward, unconscious nervous system thing. Like I, like I've lived here almost a year and I still, my body still can't trust my neighbors because there's no evidence for it. We treat each other like you would treat someone you don't trust in a sense where it's like this lack of, of interaction and everything. Right. So just want to like, I was like throwing that in there when that piece comes up, it's like, it's the, it's the social work is the real, that's the shadow work we're here to do right? God already was oneness. You know what I mean? It already did the like individual piece. That's why it's doing this. Like I want the relationship, right? Yeah. Reminds me of Tosarian's existential trinity, right? You've got the, the eigenwelt being the self, the miltwelt being the social and the umwelt being nature. And your relationship with all three of those nice. things has to be in balance for you to exist in balance, right? And if one of them's off, you're going to know that. That's mm-hmm. great. I also love that phrase or that concept people always talk about. You want to see how enlightened you are, go spend time with your family over Thanksgiving, you know? Because again, people can go, they can meditate, sit on their cushion, take yoga every day, listen to Joe Dispenza. And yet how do they navigate in relationship? 
you know, when like that pattern's there, the mom or the dad or the sibling or the uncle says the thing that they've said for 20 years, and (laughs) that is still, they don't have the capacity to take it in and respond in a way that was different than the last 30 years. So I find that to to be a true uh, litmus test. And it's also not like a look how, and look how bad you like, look, you proved our point. Look how bad you are at handling your family. It's actually a, isn't it interesting that that too is the perfectly crafted sacred moment of Mm -hmm. the practice right then. And can we like just be awestruck by that too? Like how beautifully ridiculous they're acting right now. You know, it's like, that, that's the real medicine of like this point, right? It's not just like, oh, we still, we think we're all great, but we still got to clean up here. It's like, no, no, it is all great. And we just yeah. keep forgetting that, like we keep, there's certain categories that we like, yeah. oh, this can be like sacred and important and auspicious, but not that. That's mm-hmm. just them being. Well, whatever. life, life is the medicine, right? It's constantly giving yeah. you the perfect circumstance, which if you look at correctly is going to heal the perfect thing that needs to be healed at yeah. that moment in time. Or even yeah. just look at. Exactly. <laughs> it's a good first step, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. what I love. I love about you, Nathaniel, is just like every moment is a potential moment for inquiry. Mm. You know? Yeah, and that's it, my favorite. Um, like my um, I don't do tarot or or oracle decks or anything like that. I like looking at my window, and it's like, how is how, what's the wind doing in the leaves right now? And are the leaves like waving at me? Or are they waving at me to come outside? It's like. I can kind of divinate based off of a present moment, like being present in a moment. And I think yeah. that's like part of that relationship with nature piece. It's like this moment literally is, and, and sometimes it's like literal, like the state of my room, how clean or messy is it, right? Like this quality of the air in the room, have the windows been open? It's like, it's always this holographic kind of feedback yeah. loop of, of what's there. And it's, there's, there's every piece of data you could ever need is there. But if you're jerking off too much, you're not going to have your senses won't be able to process. That's, that's, that's what it keeps coming back to. You're just jerking <laughs> off too much. I'm going to, that's going to be my coaching practice to be like, you're awesome. So, you know, there's this thing going on. You're jerking off too much. Well, there's another <laughs> thing. My mom said this thing. Well, you're jerking off too much. Yeah, but my dad, you're jerking off too much. You know, Dude, there you go. If they're complaining about other people, that's already a telltale sign. They're probably jerking off too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Very likely. When you have, when you have that well full self-responsibility is like a natural, right? Like taking responsibility and fucking figuring it out. And it's such a perfect uh, analogy just to give so we can like solidify that point for any of the guys who have, who are listening, who have never experimented, literally just try to go, try to only ejaculate once a week for a month and just notice. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Just, just once a week and notice ideally in between those times at the week, um, you're not masturbating as well. And you're not kind of like kind of like teasing yourself and keep making it harder than it needs to be. Let it be a really, really enjoyable, really intentional experience once a week for a month, just to see what happens. And, and that's it. And then you can, and then you can have an opinion on it. <laughs> right. And it's like, unless you've never done it, you, you'll, you'll never know. So yeah, you got to take in the data for yourself, you know, and yep. do the experiment. So like, I've, I've never really dived deep into this particular topic, but is there anything to, to, to semen retention um, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot? And what, what's the actual science behind that? Yeah. And what's, a, what are myths and what aren't myths? Cause yeah. you know, I feel like a lot of yeah, people there's so much out there on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so oh, Mike Tyson, did Mike Tyson not joke off before every fight? <laughs> so yeah, it's interesting. There's some, yeah, there's some fighters and athletes who like swear by it and others who are the exact opposite. They're like, Oh, I got it. I have to ejaculate. And then I'm like, in the zone right 
Um, so the science is actually, there's not as much as we'd hope there would be like, and a lot of really good and direct stuff. Um, and by science, you mean science with a capital S or a dollar sign S. <laughs> good point. Yeah. Good point. Either actually, there's not, okay. there's not a whole lot of either. Um, and that's why I tell people to go experiment with it because it's one of those things where it's so obvious and tangible what I would theorize, and there is some stuff to back this up, not a lot and nothing I could cite to you guys right now, but um, basically if you don't ejaculate for seven days-ish, your testosterone will peak. That's why I say about once a week is great because after about seven, eight, nine days, you could keep going and, and staying, keep retaining and your testosterone doesn't get any higher. So you kind of get a peak, a, a natural testosterone peak weekly, which is awesome. So might as well just kind of roll with that. Um, I'm sure there's, it affects things like, like your, like growth hormones and you just all your, your hormonal system in general. Um, a lot of guys like a lot of things, you know, they just, they, they hear about it and then they jump in like, Oh, no fap. We're never supposed to masturbate or ejaculate or have sex ever. And I'm just going to do that forever. And that's cool. And, and I don't actually know anybody who's ever actually seemed to have done that. I know people have gone for like years at a time, which is awesome. I'm looking forward to doing that at some point in my life. I think that'll be insanely powerful. Um, and I, I like, and I appreciate when guys can come back to a healthy medium where, cause they also want like, to me, like experiencing a, my partner intimately is like the most epic experience that planet earth seems to offer. You know, the, like the, the intimacy of the human experience is so special. Right. So being able to have sexuality involved in your life, I think is super important and super vital. And, and it's this idea of having actual control in that department that is so crucial um, to being able to enjoy it and being able to like really, and, and not being a slave to these kind of lower centers, not because they're bad, but because we operate differently when we're lucid on that front, right? When most men, literally all of their behavior is derived around when my next orgasm will be and when my next little bad habit to, you know, to regulate myself is going to be and the type of job they get and the this or that, so they can get married so they can hopefully have sex, you know, on a regular basis. And apparently that doesn't, that's a terrible strategy for <laughs> having regular sex. Right. So there's, there's something so backwards about it, but the, the, the main piece is to actually just realize how, I guess the best way to describe it is the, the experience that it's, it's had with me. It's like now when I get horny, I experience that as feeling extra strength and vitality in my body, mm. right? That's like the experience I'm having. It's not what most guys do when they get horny is they go get rid of it, right? Like, oh, this feeling's coming up. What do I always, what do I do with this feeling? Oh, let's just go complete it. It feels like a thing where it comes up and then you you get rid of it and then it finishes, but what if you just let it come up and then do something else with it? Yeah. Right. Even just sit there and breathe and feel what it feels like to be like, man, I could make a baby right now. This is epic, right? How much energy is behind that thing. And when you stop lying to your body, because your body thinks you made a baby when you ejaculate, which is why when a man ejaculates, he, he releases prolactin which is a hormone that, that I'm pretty sure, I hope I'm getting this right, but it's the hormone that like basically makes you want to pass out after, you know, why the, the sort of 
theme that most guys are basically down for the count after they ejaculate. And, and it's because if you just made a baby in that woman, the last thing we need is for you to easily get horny again. So you can go make a, a baby somewhere else mm-hmm. and then not stick around and, and build a family and protect this one. So it's actually this like built-in thing that allowed, we only exist because one of our great, 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 great ancestors had sex and then was so tired that he didn't leave the hut for a week. Right. And he's like, all right, I guess I like her enough. This will, you know, let's, (laughs) let's make this work. So it's an evolutionary thing. It's built in, but when you are releasing prolactin day after day, after day, after day, after day, it starts to fuck with your dopamine system. And the same part of us that will naturally go, man, I don't feel fulfilled. What do I want to do? Oh, let's go create something in my life. Let's go build more. Let's go serve people. Let's go do all that. All those receptor sites are like fucked with so that you don't get that urge or that need to go do that. Mm -hmm. So by not going and like, basically like fake, I call it like fake fucking your life. You actually then have this energy to go fuck into a creative project or into a business or into your health or into something that you're doing. And you're literally able to take that same creative force and channel it somewhere else. And Joel and I, Joel and I are fucking this podcast, just so you know, just so everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to save some of my seed too, you know, so we could fuck it even harder. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I say shit this way because right guys, there, <laughs> sometimes guys need to hear, you know, guys need a good joke. Like we need to like relax a little bit. And it's like, yeah, we're built, we're built to fuck. Yeah. Like literally. One thing We're that always built. stayed with me was, um, have you? I'm sure you have David Data, the way of the superior man. Uh huh. Um, That's great. And when uh, when when those feelings and sensations are bottled in just the root chakra and the lower chakra, if you can expand them to feel them whole body and allow that energy to manifest mm-hmm. in different ways than just being, you know, what I mean, dealing with it, then yeah. yeah, in personal experience, that is fucking amazing and it does change things greatly. Yeah. There's a, we have a fountain at our house this is the perfect analogy for this. And you kind of just spoke to it where it fills up a bowl. And once that bowl fills up, it like overflows into another bowl. And then it fills that one up. And once that fills up, it overflows in another bowl. So just yeah. kind of flip that. And that's your chakra system, which is also like your endocrine system, right? So if you start to fill up that base center and then every time it starts to fill up, it feels kind of nice and giddy and then you go empty it. Yeah. How are you going to fill up any of those other yeah. wells? And I, I would also theorize, and in my own experience, the more that I experiment with semen retention, I have better digestion. Mm. Like my gut works better, that next center up, because I'm not wasting all that. It gets to spill into the next one. And I connect to my heart easier, right? And it's like, the longer you go, the more mm. you start to fill up these other centers and you like, give yourself a chance. I heard, I haven't confirmed this, but apparently it takes 72 days for a sperm to fully mature. Okay. So I, I hope this is true because it's a very fascinating point. If it is, I heard it on like some kind of no fat kind of video. So mm-hmm. hopefully even if it's not dude, I mean, every expert on the planet for the last 16 months has just been saying shit. And that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's so true. don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, sperm you also be famous. You could be famous, man. So don't worry about it. <laughs> um, it's high in zinc. So it actually does help fight COVID. Um, <laughs> But think of how many babies, how many people were born as like a two day old sperm. And does that have any influence on the development of a child? Imagine literally being like a fully developed sperm Mm. 
like you were created by mm. your parents having sex when your dad hadn't ejaculated for 72 days yeah and that he felt like a, the boss like an absolute beast and that's what you're made out of dude i've literally thought about that i i never knew there was a quote a real quote or a fake quote that you just said right now uh on that you know but it's fascinating like mm-hmm. it's fascinating to think about yeah like it is it is but it, that makes perfect sense right yeah. on every level that makes perfect sense a fully mature seed that implants the egg yeah as mm-hmm. opposed to like oh i just you know ejaculated seven times in the last four days and now i'm gonna you know impregnate someone yeah yeah wow. make it make it count might as well yeah it's just a human life after all you know <laughs> this is such a great conversation man i really like like keeping it real on this level um, i can you're a 72 day sperm nathaniel what's that i can you're i can you're a 72 day yeah. yeah yeah you can do a 72 day i reckon you are he reckons you are oh god i wish that'd be nice <laughs> man yeah i just think it's yeah it's important and i love this conversation because this is this is an area that's been a little bit of a challenge for me you know it's never been drugs alcohol things of that nature like my things have been around this you know so mm-hmm. it's um i've had my wins and then i have my setbacks and i just think it's um i'm it's pretty cool that we're having this conversation right now mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's not just you man it's what most men are struggling with right it's, it's what it's it's the primary sabotage mechanism in most people's lives that filters into everything that they do mm-hmm. it's also the you know uh i could argue like one of the main pillars of what's tearing this planet to shreds you know it's like there's a, a lot of talk around toxic masculinity. I, I like the term lack of masculinity. Mm-hmm. I just shared something the other day. Like if, if masculinity itself is toxic, then we, then our statistics would show that like kids growing up without dads would be way better off. Right. Yep. And it's the exact opposite. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. And something that I think is, I, I always love to share this because it blew my mind when I first learned this all of the traits that we consider toxic masculine behavior, which is like usually guys who just can't really like keep it together, right? Like they're too, a little too aggressive, a little too over hypersexualized, too competitive and like a, whatever. Some it's, there's some kind of destructive quality to it. All of those behaviors are low testosterone behaviors in men. And it's important for us to realize this because there's this sort of meme or this kind of uh, stereotype. You like see a group of guys and they're like making jokes about what, you know, how guys make jokes and you're like, Oh, look at all that testosterone in there or whatever. And we think that like um, guys that are aggressive have high man juice, right? Like high testosterone. It's actually the opposite. It's a guy who has low testosterone who can't stay emotionally centered. Can't hold that like kind of stoic, more observant, version of himself so that's the guy who lashes out who does the more feminine reactive chaotic response because he's in an estrogen dominant body so it's important for guys to get like don't be afraid of like you want testosterone you want muscles you want to eat meat you want to like feel powerful you want to do all that stuff that is so quickly and easily being deemed as toxic like there's there's articles coming out on like yahoo and stuff that's like why your boyfriend shouldn't go to the gym because it just you know supports is, yeah. toxic masculinity or something when it's like no literally everything you hate about your boyfriend is because his estrogen's too high 
and he doesn't have any testosterone and he desperately needs to go to the gym to just to feel somewhat normal. And I'm just, I'm just thinking about every single highly erective person in my life and in my past. And that makes perfect sense, you know? Yeah. Cause, and you can be super manly, but then you got to look at things like alcohol or beer is super estrogenic, mm-hmm. right? Cannabis. Uh, some studies have shown that that's pretty estrogenic, pretty, this is a feminine plant. Pretty. Uh, yeah. So that's, it's a, that's a pretty like uh, anecdotal or, or, or uh, like epistemology would be able to track that really well. It's pretty easy to see, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and you start to, and I've made some content around this on Instagram as well. It's like, you look at like hormone disruptors in the, in the food that we eat and the clothing that we wear in like the glue that holds our couch together. And then we're breathing the off gas of that. And it's like, we're also, that glue's only existed for 30 years. So we don't even know what that's going to do yet, but we do know that sperm count has cut in half in the last 20 or 30 years in half. Mm -hmm. And like a downward trend, not like, oh, we just had some random fluke. It's like, no, like in 50 years, there won't be any sperm on the planet if we don't change things, which is kind of like maybe the biggest deal ever Mm -hmm. right that's like the end of the species at all there's no point in like saving the environment for you know because if we're all going to die anyways because there's no sperm you know the environment is fine then it'll take care of itself and not 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 to mention you mean the potential fallout from when 60 to 70 percent of the population gets vaccinated with this thing that's going around now oh yeah, are we, are we going to get into that? We can get into that. <laughs> yeah, we can get into all those conversations. Oh, what do you think of that? Man, it's so intense. It's just so, I love logic. I love logic. When you look at the ingredient list of any, literally any vaccine, there's, most of it for most people is stuff you have no idea what it is. Mm-hmm. And then when you do see stuff like formaldehyde or aluminum or whatever, it's like, just wh- why? And then if I, if there was like a great 30 minute explainer video, that's like, here's why it's absolutely essential to have formaldehyde and aluminum in vaccines, because here's what they do for the body. And it's just small doses. It's just small doses. Exactly. Exactly. But I'm just saying like, they have a, they've had every chance in the world to just be so good about it and transparent and really, you know, um, so yeah, it's just, it's weird to me. I've been vaccinated. I haven't been, I don't think I've been vaccinated for probably last time I got vaccinated was to get into like junior high or something mm-hmm. like that. So I'm very grateful for that. And, that, and clearly very biased. I clearly don't feel like a need for them for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard not to, you know, after working on pandemic and, and working, you know, interviewing literally the, the, the smartest people in the world on these topics who weirdly mm-hmm. enough have said things to me, like we already like the whole anti-vax or pro-vax it's like that argument has been done for decades the only thing happening now is this kind of circus of a narrative game that we're trying to figure that out but that's why there won't there will never be like a public debate or any like real opening to it and it's shut down so hard because that 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 debate is already over like completely over everything from like things like the timing of when we give vaccines to little babies at a time where their immune system literally doesn't even isn't even capable of doing what the vaccine needs to do in the immune system. So we're literally just injecting them with random shit that wouldn't even work 
yeah. <laughs> arbitrary one, days, right? two, two yeah. months, four months, six months, completely arbitrary. It's just like, well, yeah. we just do them real quickly because if if we spread them out too far apart, then they might not come back. Hepatitis B even, at birth, bro. A, something you can only get through an STD through stepping on a needle. You're giving to a newborn. Day one. Welcome to planet Earth. Yeah. Planet Insane yeah. Asylum. So stuff like stuff like that is weird. Um, I think it's it's interesting tracking like what's going on right now with these because the data war is just so interesting. Like I just watched mm. a video of a guy going to the CDC website and pulling up the VARES data and just show, you know, shows him picking the categories of the data he's looking for. And it was essentially just the deaths related to the COVID vaccine. And it showed 45,000. 45,000. And the only public thing I've ever seen has been under, it's like six to 10,000. And even the fact that those numbers are different. So it's like the fact that this guy could just go on the site and plug it in and look, and that's what it is. That's already, <laughs> you know, five times as much as what everybody is already thinks it is. So anyways, it's, yeah. it's a total shit show. It's so, I love seeing funny videos too of like, uh, I think it's of Joe Biden, basically, you know, when Trump was still president and, you know, trying to do this warp speed, get these, and he's like, unless they're going to be fully transparent about all of these. And, you know, yeah. I wouldn't trust a single thing that these guys are da, 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 da. And now oh, yeah. they're just playing the same game, the exact yeah. opposite. Yeah. Right. And then someone just asked the press secretary, Saki or whatever her name is. Yeah. They're like, Circle can you back. give us the data? How many vaccinated people are dying from COVID still? And she's like, why do we need to give you that data? And they're like, for transparency. And she's like, well, I, I, I don't feel like it, basically. I'll circle back on that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's weird. I'm all about choice. People can take whatever medicine they want. I think mm -hmm. that's great. Um, again, it's very shocking that people want to take something that literally the government is bribing people to do. Um, the fact that they're not trying to make any money off of it, you know, even though the, the vaccine companies are making billions off of it and can't be sued, they're not liable for any, that's also just weird, weird logic, right? You look at any other, anything like if, if Cheerios came out with a new flavor and 15 people died after they ate it, they'd cut that yeah. flavor. You know, that, in a that's, heartbeat. That's what I keep saying. It's like you think back to E. coli from romaine lettuce, and it was like, let's recall all the lettuce in the country, you know. And then at the same time, look what's happening with these vaccines. And it's like, let's just sweep it under the rug. Let's keep going. Let's give it to younger and younger people. Yeah. Let's do trials for, for toddlers. I and mean, it's just again logic. What a novel thing. And yet it seems like logic is just thrown outside, thrown out the window. These last sixteen months. Yeah. And even things like that, like an E. coli scare also just adds, which has made this whole journey really interesting too. You get into like the uh, terrain theory, germ theory conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's like, is a move like that just a perfect little stepping stone of like, oh, there's these like tiny little particles we're all supposed to be afraid of. And, and doing things like recalling all the lettuce in the world is somehow makes sense to do that yeah, yeah, instead no. of like, hey, it looks like there might be a bug in this region. Okay, everybody, you know take some extra zinc or whatever, you know, it's like, well, you're, you're going to be okay. And yeah. the 0.01% of people who die from some random thing they ate anyway, they're still going to die from some random thing they ate anyways. Yeah. 
And there could be other factors, you know, yeah. that go into why a person dies anyway. I don't know if you've gone down the German new medicine rabbit hole, rabbit hole, but that's a whole another fascinating thing. Yeah, dude. I'd really be into. I just it's started a super course on fascinating. It. Yeah. So it's cool stuff. We're gonna have uh, Dr. Melissa Sell on this show at the end of um end of August. So looking forward that's to that's what I, I love about all of this is like all the realest stuff is like bubbling to to the surface. Like it mm-hmm. has to, right? Yeah. And things like how resilient and vital and absolutely in- perfectly genius the human body is when it comes to healing itself my first intro to that again when i was in high school i learned about arnold Eretz's work with fasting mm. and it was the first time i considered I'm like whoa i've literally eaten a meal for breakfast lunch and dinner every day of my entire life i have never once just like let whatever i thought was going to happen you know and he made this analogy like if you're ever going to clean out the plumbing under your sink, you, you're going to turn the water off first, right? So, and then you makes the analogy, you know, when animals, they get sick or they get hurt, they go find a cozy, safe place and they just sit there and chill and don't drink water or eat food for like a couple of days until they're better. And it just works. Mm-hmm. And there's this like kind of default blueprint that the body's always trying to, and is actually always doing its absolute best to be in alignment with so it's more about how can we like get the stuff out of the way and, and kind of stop disrupting that mm-hmm. pattern that's already trying to happen, which is puts big pharma out of business because they don't sell things that support, you know, they're, they're the ones selling the stuff that's getting in the way of the process. Yeah. Right. So yeah, things like German new medicine and, and the germ theory, terrain theory, like some of the, again, these, like, I love when my whole paradigm gets shattered. Same here. Dude. You know, I love that feeling. And it, and it's crazy because for the last 10 years, it's like every couple months, I realized something is literally the exact opposite of what I thought it was. And, um, and the pandemic is no, no example, you know, or, you know, it's, uh, no exception, not a single person needed to die from whatever this COVID thing is right. Like we've had treatments the whole time, which is also what makes the vaccines really weird. It's also weird that we can't prove that the, like, there's no isolated virus still. It's like a computer algorithmic generated thing. So that's kind of awkward too. I love, I love what Dr. Thomas Cowan mm-hmm. and, uh, and Andy Kaufman have been doing around that really like clearly like stating that stuff out. But as far as like people who are getting these kind of flu like symptoms or whatever, and then attributing that to some type of viral type of thing, even though it's actually looks a lot more like a, like a, like an oxygen blood related issue that comes from like an inflammatory response and these other types of things, which then gives them these, you know, uh, uh, respiratory issues and stuff like that. But we've had treatments for this the whole time. So like nobody needed to die from it. Literally the government could have just made money. And this is the craziest shit too, having like Anthony Fauci involved. And this is kind of the rabbit hole we got into with pandemic, like how deep that rabbit hole goes. But I found a video of, Ralph Barrick, who's one of the guys who does the chimeric coronavirus research um, that was involved with the Wuhan lab and those people, a video of him from 2016 or 2017 talking about this cool like uh, uh, therapeutic they've been working on. And it's for it's for coronavirus based illnesses. And we're making this, you know, because we had SARS and we had MERS and just in case there's some other one. And we're working on this thing and it's in development and we just like, it's six, like it works. We have a thing, right. It's and and it was called like GH six, five, two, six, five. 
So then I looked G up GH65265 and it just pulled up Remda, Remdesivir. And it's like, oh, that's the that's like the original little scientific code name for this thing that now exists. And I'm like, wait a minute. It took us like six, eight, 10 months before Remdesivir was even mentioned. And Fauci, who's Ralph Barrick's homie, he had the chance to literally be like the savior of the world. The very first press conference, he could have walked up there and been like, hey, I am so glad you guys have me on this team because here's the thing. We've actually been studying and working on these types of viruses for decades. And my buddy, Ralph Barrick, literally created a treatment for one that we finished years ago. Everything's going to be fine. Here's how What's to keep the treatment your system that Trump up. took too, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he took uh, a Regeneron, oh, Regeneron and, and hydroxychloroquine, which also works totally great. I just yeah. saw one of the studies they did, they overdosed everybody on the hydroxychloroquine. Mm -hmm. It was like 250 milligrams and they were giving everyone 4,000 milligrams or something like that. Don't quote me on the numbers, but it's like, that's how crazy they're playing this game. Mm -hmm. And it also got me into... Uh, you start like we found this footage from 60 minutes from the swine flu where nobody had even died from the swine flu yet. And then they're rolling out a vaccine for the swine flu and people are getting neurological yeah. issues from the swine flu. The CDC director knows about it and lies about it on camera to 60 minutes. And it's like the exact same thing. It was amazing seeing his body language. Oh my God. Yeah, it's so awkward. Like, I don't know what his name was, but it was just so obvious. Yeah. Um, how did you get involved with Plandemic? So uh, Mickey is one of my closest friends. Okay. Um, one of my like realist mentors and father figure in my life. And, you know, literally love, love him more than most people. He's been super pillar for me. And um, he literally just texted me one day, you know, uh, we're in Ojai, which was a great place for the lockdown, super chill and quiet and some good nature. And he just texted me and he's like, dude, I just finished this like four hour inter interview with his virologist. You want to see this. <laughs> and I could use some help kind of cutting it up and, and, and see what we want to do with it. So that was me and him produced the first 26 minute video, which was the little clip of the interview with Judy Mikovits. That we had no idea how viral that was going to go. That went crazy. Yeah. It's got over a billion views at this point probably like close to a billion and a half, I would think. It's been almost over a year since it came out. When but this first like, started, the initial cult of friends I had was because of that video, just from me sharing it. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah. So that was that was a trip. That was super intense. And I'm, you know, I've, I've the the four hours of the whole interview is even more like so much stuff that we get into. Judy's incredible. She she genuinely I, I don't even know if she understands me when I talk. That's how smart she is. Like, I'd probably just sound like, ooga, 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 ooga. you know, like <laughs> you can, you can, her wisdom, like her genius, her like IQ, like resonates. You can just feel like that is a really, really smart person. And she's very powerful. And um, so it was just so cool to be able to like hear the story. And what was interesting too, is I had nothing to back up any of these claims. She's, you know, she's talking about, all the fraud Anthony Fauci's committed, like how she got thrown in jail. She wasn't charged with anything. They came to her house and, you know, pulled her out of her house. Like her story is crazy. Mm. People don't believe it. She's one of the most smeared and like backwards narrative scripted people on the internet. 
And literally everything she says is true. And we've been able to back it all up. And everything that they came and tried to smear us about from that first video that came out, which we got, I've never even seen anything that smeared before. Um, there were literally articles called like, how to talk to your friends about pandemic and to make sure they don't watch it. Like how to, how to make sure they avoid watching it, you know? And that we were these like right wing Nazi, I'm still waiting for my Nazi money, <laughs> right? We're these right wing Nazi funded, you know, Trumpers who just want to go against, I don't even know, like, I can't even finish that train of thought. Like, I don't even get the rest of that. And um, yeah, it was, uh, it was really, really crazy. It was really intense. And it was just a matter of time before we're like, okay, well, now that we know a hundred percent, a thousand percent that everything Judy has said in this is true. I think there was one thing she admitted that she said wrong, right? Like she said, oh, they didn't, um, I wasn't charged with anything versus they didn't officiate the charges. So it's like some guy, ultimately someone didn't sign it because there was nothing real there, right? So she's mm -hmm. just saying it wrong. And then the fact checkers, she was charged, look at da, da, da. And then we showed the paper like, look, there's no signature. That's not real. There's nothing legal you can do with that now, right? So it's not officiated. It's not a real charge. So they just try to play on little, yep. you know, word games like that. And then uh, we had this chance to do part two. We ended, we, you know, we interviewed maybe 30 plus, you know, other virologists and scientists and politicians and, you know, frontline workers and all kinds of different people, which was really fascinating. And, and you know, over the course of many months, like getting these real deal experiences, getting connected to like, um, you know, RFK Jr.'s uh, community and the tens of thousands of medical and scientific professionals who all agree with the same narrative. That's the exact opposite of what you know, the mainstream narrative is, which is just powerful to know that that exists, right? A lot and of domestic terrorists, man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then, um, and then I saw um, this really quirky bald guy with a bow tie doing these live streams on Facebook, Mr. David Martin, and um, just kind of fell in love. You know, he's such a classy, there's just something so charming about him. And, and also the fact that he doesn't make any claims. Like he literally only ever says stuff because he's telling you what the document actually said. Like he doesn't, he doesn't play that game, right? He doesn't need to. And um, he actually, there's a video that he did that was actually sharing like, here's how we can, um, here's what we can do about all this. We can actually essentially file, um, uh, what's the word? Like injury complaints, like a legal injury complaint essentially to the DOJ I might be botching this a little bit, but the idea, it's like, yo, because of what you guys decided to do, I now have anxiety because I don't have a job, right? And like my health is dwindling because I'm not making enough money. And it's like, you're screwing over my life with your, these policies and these choices. So we're going to sue you. And you guys have to, when you file that a certain way, they legally have to respond in 60 days or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, man, if everyone just starts sending in these complaints that are legal, real complaints, maybe the government will like, actually pay attention to the fact that we don't agree with the lockdowns and how we're running all this. So that was the initial like, man, this guy's got a solution. This is huge. So then we, I got in touch with him and he flew out like the next day and we did like an eight hour interview with him. And that, you know, tiny little pieces of that became the sort of the crux of the next piece um, because he was the one who literally proved when we first called it pandemic, we knew that was going to trigger people. And we wanted to play off of the actual word of 
uh, uh, demic, meaning of the people, like a democracy, right? And a plan. So what's the plan of the people? It's not that there's some planned, you know, killer virus. It's that this thing just happened. The world's going to shit. And what's our plan as the people, the pandemic? But once we connected with David, everything clicked when we, 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 the other version of the name made sense too. Like, holy shit, this literally was planned. Like it's been planned for a really long time. And you could, you could frame this as in hundreds of years planned. You could frame it as in thousands of years planned. You could frame it as in just decades planned, which is a little easier, you know, in the shorter time span. But if you, I'm sure you guys could connect some interesting dots as well to like take it further back like that. But once we connected with David and, and with the, the patents and everything else that, you know, um, he's been able to like just track like legally front facing public information um it just kind of like took it to another level you know so we, we we poured a lot apparently i've never made a full documentary film before apparently we did in about three months what usually can take three years and um and the amount of footage that we were sorting through for whatever reason i ended up being at the center i was like the center hub of all the research and again it's it's that sort of lucid dreaming infinite ideas brain that was able to track like all this different stuff and all of a sudden we're trying to, all right, what, what's all the dirt we can get on Tedros? What's all the dirt we can get on Gates? What's all the dirt we can get on? Like, how can we like paint a, a big enough picture for everyone to see how these things do connect well enough, right? And um, that was intimidating. <laughs> and thankfully, since the second part has come out, the main, you know, so we have the first 26 minute part and then Plandemic 2 indoctrination is like a, a little over an hour, like a full length documentary. And um every single thing, nothing's been debunked in either of the films. You'll find tons of articles that act like they did. And what's so epic about David Martin is after the film came out, he spent about a month going live almost every day, pulling up the Snopes article and line for line debunking their debunk. Yeah. Because there's interesting stuff where they'll say, oh, David said that they passed this act and then that means vaccines can this and da, 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 da. Well, they, they changed that in this year. And then David will say, yeah, you're right. But you also forgot to mention that when they changed it, they also added this addendum that actually voided the original point, da, 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 da. So it's like, if you just read the rest of the paper, your debunk is bullshit, right? So he's been able to do that with literally the whole film, which is feels great <laughs> because yeah. this is delicate stuff you know we're not trying to i think there's are a lot of pages out there and and a lot of accounts and things where it's like i don't think there's i don't think there's clones of joe biden you know what i mean like nobody and even if there is definitely not a priority not on my not on the top of my list like we didn't want to just add to all that noise right yeah. even though it really seemed that way a lot of people kind of actually made pandemic almost a set, like a branded spearhead of the entire anti-mask, anti-vaccine, anti-whatever movement. When actually we're just like, no, we want everyone to just know about all the treatments and be able to be healthy, you know, and not get coerced into something and not let it roll over into something that it clearly objectively is now like the vaccine, right? 2020 was, if you think there's going to be vaccine passports, you're a conspiracy theorist. 2021, if you don't want a vaccine passport, you're a conspiracy theorist. And it's like, wait, what? Right. They were, so it's like, that's, 
Anyways, I, I get so I get so riled up about this. So you guys can like kind of pause me at, <laughs> at any point. No, no, man, man. We love it. I we're love here. It. We're here for the truth, man. That's it's what we're been about. epic to be. It's definitely been epic to be kind of behind the scenes on that level. Yeah, you know? I'm sure, and, dude. That's um, incredibly fascinating to be involved with something like that. Um, but yeah, man, it's like it's so overwhelming at this point, right? I mean, for the is that is, but that's obviously part of the agenda as well, just to make it so difficult for anyone to even yeah. discern the truth in yep. all of this i think where... that's yeah that's totally part of it it's like yeah. i've actually tracked times and i wish i've saved these better where i'll i'll go onto twitter and i'll see an article and the headline is something really drastic yeah like whatever north korea lit has aimed their bombs at taiwan and they're gonna or something and then i don't see it ever again hmm. and i have this theory that there are bots and things where they just they seed stuff to see if it picks up traction so that they can then utilize it yeah right where there's like millions of stories floating around that aren't real at all they're all just clickbait and once it gets enough attention they can turn it into something real if they want similarly to how they're i don't think the world's as as well i gotta say this delicately here just say it um, I don't think the world is as racist as we're told it is through the mainstream media. And uh -huh. I think we are uh, fulfilling that prophecy by not being conscious about that dynamic. Yeah. We're actually making sure it's true to match the signal that we're getting. And I think yeah. that's also part of the game, mm -hmm. right? Just the tension alone of like, holy shit, I might be racist or everyone's racist is what would create a messy and interaction with some other person that exact state of being is what would do that right so it's like it's a it's like it's 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 magic it's like this frequency ritual game that they've they've really refined you know and when i say they i know that sounds so ridiculous and that would be another five-hour podcast just to start to right. we, we, know, asked, uh, we asked we asked our last question. our last guest shane who i said who are they yeah with his own answers so you can go watch that if you want <laughs> yeah oh i bet i bet that's great that's that's yeah that's a fascinating conversation but there's definitely a game being played and uh i also don't want to sound like or act like i like have anything figured out and i think that's the, you know which is something i've been practicing a lot too it's also it's really easy and rewarding to like oh i read this thing and they said this means that so i'm certain about this and now and i just got stuck again right i just got trapped yeah. in another little version of of certainty there's a few things i'd say i'm certain about mm -hmm. um and i'm glad that i've found those things they keep me from i like alan watts says the only genuine philosophical question is whether or not you should kill yourself okay right because you got to think about the momentum that leads up to one of the only two choices right life is either this or it's this mm -hmm. right and I think that's actually what's happening at the root of all humans. And my buddy, Ronnie Landis wrote a great book called Ronnie. the addiction free lifestyle. And he talks about how, you know, something like smoking cigarettes, it's a, they're, they're these subtle death habits. Yeah. So most people actually have decided to kill themselves because they don't know what God is. They don't know what love is. They don't feel connected to anything. They've been manipulated their whole life. They're depleted and drained and depressed and all these things. So we just like kind of slowly erode our life away. And we actually, that is the sort of answer to the philosophical question. Yeah. Right. It's the choice they're making, whether they actually doing that act in this finality or not. 
we got to get Ronnie on one of these days too. He's always a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So what's the, what's the, um, what's been the fallout or like pandemic came out. So how has that impacted your life that you were involved with this thing? Like what's coming from it? What's happened? Um, well, Is Mickey working on anything else? Are you working on anything else in that realm? Um, I can't, I can't say, okay. but that's always a good answer. It's better than no. <laughs> right yeah um thankfully i wasn't very public with it you know like if you were following me on instagram you'd get a you'd get a quick little story from me like in the morning walking to the office and kind of holy shit guys we just interviewed sherry tenpenny like did you know all these did it you know and like just i'm just like freaking out about this whole thing that's going on um so once it came out i didn't really and i also the whole time like also once it came out I chose not like, I'm sure you can only imagine how many threads it would have been so easy for me to just be like, well, you weren't there. You don't know. Da, 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 da. And I, I was so ready to play in all that. And I just opted out of all of yeah, it. Nice. Right. Yeah, you uh, were really undercover. I mean, I, I mean, we yeah. follow each other. We know each other. So I picked up on that, but it wasn't like you were like, I'm doing this thing. I'm the producer. I'm a co-producer. Yeah. I am working on the, the most downloaded documentary or the most live stream documentary ever. Like this is not I know, it's pretty cool. It's That's so right. pretty cool, dude. It's, when we release the bio in this episode, it's going to be Nathaniel Solos, producer of Pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy to. And Mickey and I just talked about this recently. It's like, yeah, it makes more sense. I'm happy to uh be public about it now because we crushed it you know yeah fucking and nice. it's like and i feel a lot better about how much more backup we have and you know the whole bike the whole uh wuhan lab leak theory we literally like brought all that up a year and a half ago and were banned from everything on the internet for mentioning it and now it's just the sort of default narrative right so and no one the, takes responsibility that's the funny thing with the media is like this conspiracy theory becomes truth and then no one then stands up hey so we know that a lot of people were saying that you know this thing a year and a half ago and we yeah. just realized that we just want to apologize for everyone that we took down their instagram page and their facebook page and their ability to make yeah. money on youtube and all these other platforms like can you that. imagine that can you imagine like a prime time conference with the media like dear people of earth we have been fucking lying to you we've been wrong about x x x x x well the microcosm of that is is project veritas yeah uh, which i i respect the shit out of those guys 100%. Yeah. so so epic what they're doing yeah well if you know uh james o'keefe man we'd love to get him on the show just letting you know i, I don't know him personally but okay yeah i'm sure i'm sure he would love to get That'd on something cool. like this yeah but yeah the 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 backlash has been only ultimately positive for me right it's it's mm -hmm. allowed me to connect more deeply with people who I want to keep going in that direction with, you know, it's definitely toughened me up quite a bit too. And just real realizing how hostile, like there's people who want me dead. Right. And not like, not like the CIA or something, but like just yeah. people who like, cause I made this film that made people think masks don't work, even though we literally didn't even mention that in the film on purpose so that we wouldn't get put in that category. Yeah. By the way, also they don't work. <laughs> and um, Canceled. And yeah, there's people who want to kill me because I'm that guy, because I'm doing that. When weirdly enough, I'm trying to fight for their protection and their life, Yeah, you know? And I also get where I like, and this is what I love about this too. And I'm so grateful to have kind of gotten to this point where it's like, and I all am also still in my own cognitive bias at the same time too. So I do get like, I've, 
I've played into that like, oh, I'm only referencing a conserv like conservative perspectives on a thing. Oh, wait, I got to check that, right? Yeah. Like that's, I think that's also a thing that's showed up in the last, you know, just the sort of hyper binary divisiveness when, um, you know, whether it's left wing or right wing and literally all birds have two wings. So like, mm -hmm. how, how did we let that one slip by too? <laughs> it's the same bird. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's no, there's no one winged anything. So it's just uh, something I think that's in this space, we got to really be careful about, you know, it's like, all it takes is it's, you know, the sun that goes down and you see an image that, that shows Bill Gates looking kind of funny. And then it says he's putting a microchip in all the vaccines and it's like, you can just repost that or you can be like, okay, well, what is like, what am I actually reposting? Is there anything to this? Yeah. There, that was a big part of my job on the film was we would want to tell the, a story a certain way and bring up something like, dude, if he is trying to like implant chips in us through that, like that's worth letting everybody know about. And we couldn't actually, there's not actually things to allow us to say that. We can say, isn't it weird that he worked with MIT to create like a tattoo based, you know, chip that can put information under your skin. Coincidentally, very awkward, right? And certain patent that he has and all these kinds of things. But it's like, we got to, it's got to still be fair enough and, and practical enough where we're not feeding a fire where again, all the brain power that could be going into people freaking about a chip in a vaccine could be going into people understanding all the treatments that exist mm -hmm. right it blows my mind that the, the government could have literally created a little a little packet with vitamin d in it and vitamin c and some zinc and some quercetin or hydroxychloroquine or whatever a bunch of these cheap generic things and sold them to every person in the u.s and to the whole world and made billions of dollars why not why not be why why, why not become like Let's, let's manufacture the best vitamin D in the world because it is objectively true that low vitamin D levels correlate with all of the, you know, worst case COVID conditions, right? Like it was actually about health. If they actually cared, the, the solutions are so obvious and so simple. I never once saw a single bulleted list from whitehouse.gov or CDC or anything that says, hey, now that we're on lockdowns and we're trying to fight this thing, Make sure to get extra time outside. Make sure to get extra sun on your skin. That's how vitamin D works. Oh, by the way, you also need good levels of magnesium to convert the vitamin D anyway. So here's our magnesium product, right? It's like they could have just delivered after deliver after deliver. And it, you don't have to be that smart to get that. Yeah. And that, that, that then yeah. makes you wonder, then why is all this happening? You know, like if this logic is thrown out, like, and then when you question it, you're, you're considered a conspiracy theorist. It's like, but all the things you just said, it's not from day one. They weren't like, how do you support your health? Yeah. You know, stay inside. Don't touch anyone, which we've talked about so often on the show, how important touch is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's when I think about that invisible hidden hand or the agendas mm -hmm. that have been around that people have spoken about for, you know, centuries. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, I'm in Sydney, Australia at the moment. We're in a like week five of a stage four lockdown. I'm talking every single business is closed. All small businesses are closed. Construction sites are closed. Um, you can't exercise for like more than half an hour outside at a time in groups of more than two. 
like it's the most extreme of the of the extreme. Last week we had the Freedom Rally, hundred thousand people rocked up and walked the streets of Sydney in a peaceful protest. Now, get this: not a single case of COVID has ever been caught outside in Australia. Right? The Freedom Rally finishes. The MSM starts the cycle. These people are the reason you're in lockdown, right? These guys are continuing the lockdown. Mind you, not a single case of COVID has ever been caught outside. Now it's, you need to snitch on your friends, snitch on every single person that was at this protest, right? I know people being questioned by their, their bosses in the workplace, everything, and they're being stood down if they attended the protest. I've got people tagging the police in my posts of being at the protest. Wow. It's intense, wow. bro. And this is, this, this is what I mean, man. Like we're all having different experiences about this thing, right? Like you guys, you guys still have some sense of normality at the moment. Whereas here, bro, it's prime time, man. Yeah. And how many I mean, people have died of COVID in Australia? Like a hundred? Like uh, there's, it's, it's, I think it's two or, like, or three. Two or three. Yeah, exactly. Year. And, and one of them, very and most, conservative. On yeah, yeah. I think they were both like 80 plus or something like that. Oh my gosh. And, and, then, and then just to keep adding to the layers, I think it's so interesting. You can't even say they died from... So first off, COVID-19 is a name for a set of symptoms. Mm. It's not a name. The virus is called SARS-CoV-2. It's a SARS coronavirus that also hasn't been isolated. So even that, so it's like we're testing them with a test that doesn't work to find a thing we can't even prove is the cause of a disease in the first place because mm -hmm. we can't even prove to you that the thing exists in the first place. Yeah, while the flu and, disappears. And the, yeah, and the flu disappears. Oh my gosh, yeah. So- and the thing that we've been using to test you for this thing has been wrong <laughs> yeah. the entire fucking time. Yeah. Pretty and, much and also told you years ago by the by the developer of the technique. Who won a Nobel Prize. That's based on. <laughs> yeah. Who's on who, video who, pretty much telling, talking about how Fraudy's, Fauci's a fraud. I mean, uh -huh. that's, what, yeah, that's and, what woke me up, man. I went down the HIV AIDS rabbit hole 15 years ago and dude. got into um, uh, Carrie Mullis and Peter Duisberg and... Um, I read Carrie Mullis' autobiography, Dancing Naked in a Minefield, which was a trip, and read all about Fauci and Dr. Robert Gallo. And that, you know, that was the thing yep. that kind of just kind of like woke me up, plus 9-11, obviously, as well. So it's just mm -hmm. it's wild. You have these people like Dr. Carrie Mullis, who won the Nobel Prize for something that the test is based on. Let's censor him. Okay, let's censor him for- He died. Oh, he died six months prior. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting to me, but I won't go down that rabbit hole um, because I have, you know, there's obviously no proof. It's just an interesting yeah. timing. And then even Dr. Robert Malone, you know, played a role, I believe, in developing mRNA technology. He's being censored and scrubbed on the internet. So we have two people that have played a huge role in two things uh, that are like just scrubbed and their voice doesn't get hurt. And it's just yeah. absurd to me. Yep, but, the, but they're not experts. Only the experts, yeah. you know, whoever those experts are. They, they're more nefarious than the yeah. great they at this point. <laughs> I love every time on my phone, like, you know, when an article or something pops on, on your smartphone and it's like a line and then ends with experts say, experts experts say. it just feels like every single article is. Just I, like I don't know what that's like. Thank God. I don't have any news or articles pop up. On right. I, I, I get, I don't know how I, I sold notifications. It. I have one thing that keeps popping up like once a day, some article pops up. I don't know what it is, but it's hilarious to see. Usually I think 80% of them, and I'm just making up this number, have experts say in the title. 
80% of experts say that they, 80% of the time they put the percentage uh, of experts in the title. Yo, so dude, this is great having this conversation yeah. and going down all these different rabbit holes. I'm curious real quickly, like what's the solution to what's happening? What do you think we need to do? What, what, what's your view of what you think is coming down the pipeline? Cause you've, you've had your, you know, you've dipped into a lot of things, you know, a lot of stuff, you've researched different things. What, what do you think is going to happen, man? Well, those are two different questions, right? Yes. What do I think? What do I think is going to happen, and what do I think we should do about it? Mm-hmm. And then what we do changes the what could happen, and then what we do is also in response to what is happening, right? So it's a whole, it's a whole epic party. And because it's that complex and intense and overwhelming, the solution has to be somewhere in the present moment, as often as you can access it, right? It's got to have to. It has to do with that. It's the only way to make it a winnable game, mm-hmm. right? So when we bring back like what we we're talking about at the origin at the you know start of the talk too, like the fact that we're all these animals just trying to regulate ourselves, right? So part of the solution has to be with like there should be a new normal. I'm saying that in quotes, but like there should be a new normal around how humans live and behave, understanding how trauma works, right? Understanding how our psychology works. Like we should be able to have um, like people actually think it's them arguing with other people on the internet when it's just reactions reacting to reactions, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody's there. But then we like go and look back and like, wow, that was me. Look at what I said. Look at how I sound. You know, it's like, we're, that's, the show, that's just a lack of understanding like how human behavior works. And so that's a huge part of it. And that's what I let, try to do with my work as a coach you know, with these different programs and courses and things that I run, it's like giving people the, uh, the, the, the experiences that they need so that those things actually wake up inside of them. And then they can, you know, implement that into their life versus just like giving more information or more data. So I think that's a big part of it. Um, at this point, it's really interesting to see I only have evidence that the strategy that's been running the most will just continue to run, which is essentially constantly making us think that we're on the edge of our seats around 50 different things, right? Like, like the, uh, uh, I think the election audits are going to be super relevant in the next few months, but mostly just as another thing we're all riled up about and distracted mm-hmm. about and whatever I do, you know, it's pretty interesting what they're doing. In fact, the, the two accounts that run the Arizona audits just got taken off Twitter by Twitter today, which was interesting. So clearly we want a lot of transparency there, right? We just want to like, when you won something, you love transparency, you know, like when you won it fairly, right? I think that's a pretty objective truth in the yeah. human psyche right like if you didn't it's you can't hold that well or it doesn't sit well but when you know you're right it's like that's the best feeling in the world so that already is kind of interesting but i think there's just going to be a lot of that as they start to in the best way they can kind of continue their little totalitarian tiptoe right to like get the vaccine like you know just little moves like in the uk where it's like all right everyone with a mask when you're inside, no matter what, I don't care if you're vaccinated or not. All right. Show me, you have to have proof of papers at the bars at the, these things, like they're just going to keep making these little moves. Apparently Boris just announced the idea of 
some kind of point system for people who do healthy things. Like when you exercise or buy healthy food, you get points and they're going to reward people for being healthy, which also clearly means they take away points from people who do the wrong things yeah, at some point. Credit, right? credit school system. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so it's like that kind of stuff where we need human beings who are awake enough and regulated enough that we can say no to these things. And it's going to have to show up in the form of like mass protest because it's the only real power we have left, but it's also going to have to be regulated. So we don't do, we don't like uh, replicate like the uh, January 6th stuff. Right. Which I think that was mostly people being antagonized to then go and like be this kind of herd psychology right this kind of herd effect to go like you know go into a fucking building that was open in the first place anyways right um so that's kind of weird but i think it's going to take that's kind of the combination right it's like it's going to start to get really tangible and it's going to be like oh i can't go back to school because i don't have a vaccine or because of this great i'm starting my own school tangible but if you're unregulated if you're not healthy if you can't handle life you're not going to make that sort of leadership decision right? You're going to make that, like, you're going to cave into it, or you're going to go dorsal and you're going to hide and you're going to give up. Right. So it's like, Mm -hmm. we need people to be cultivating themselves because it's going to start to get really, really pedal to the metal soon. And it actually is right now. It already is. There's people on a daily basis, constantly fighting to make sure like a certain bill doesn't even get introduced or, you know, like, certain moves are being made in certain places. And so it's going to continue to take people doing the right work, staying really tapped in, staying connected, staying robust. Um, Because I also think it's such kind of uh, chaos magic at this point Mm -hmm. that it's like, there's no way to win that other than to like not play into it. You know, like you can't really like, out chaos chaos or try to like fight fire with fire in a sense um but if you're fighting fire with water you got to be strategic with the water that you got and you got to put it at the right spot with the right pressure helps if somebody else is holding the hose with you too right it's like we gotta and, and i think that's that's actually going really well which is which is nice to see like i do especially even just literally right now the protests like uh in it's interesting in Australia, like you said, I don't think I even saw much of anything about that. There's ones in the UK and uh, France, and in France yeah, that are that are getting a bit more coverage. But again, it's still just me watching like iPhone shots on Twitter, not mm. any sort of like you know normal media source. The revolution so, will not be televised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, it's so interesting to be on the side. Like people are like, yeah, the multinational profit-driven corporations and the objectively corrupt government, we're on their team. Like we 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 like what they say, right? Like that they're. (laughs) This is so weird. It's fucking. But anyways, that's that's my answer in a nutshell, right? It's like this combination of we have no fucking clue what it's going to be, but it's definitely going to be even crazier than it is right now. And I'd rather assume it's going to be that than assume it's going to get better, mm-hmm. you know, and then be to- totally have the rug swept out from under me yeah. and then just continuing to do, you know, that's where all like ritual reboot, the integrative leadership work, all of this stuff is just me trying to make it as tangible as possible for people to have their kind of 
unplug from the matrix experience and then to be in a new body that's not in that same survival mode. I'm just controlled by my genitals and my hunger signals and my stress hormones and you know, giving us a chance to kind of be lucid in this dream that we're all dreaming up. Yeah. Love awesome, them, man. Dude. Do you want to, do you want to talk a little bit just about your work? Have you got anything coming up or you you know, any programs you want to just kind of, um, yeah, I think anybody who, so, so ritual reboot is a dopamine detox program, super powerful. So if you feel like you have to check your phone a hundred times a day, and you need coffee just to like function as a normal human being. And you use stimulants and Netflix and binging and pornography and all this stuff. It's like, this is, it's like a guided process to give you, to set you up for this seven day dopamine fast, basically. And it's a totally changes your life. It allows you to start to reset and change some of these things. You should be able to look out your window, regardless of what's out there, cityscape, gray boxes or nature and feel awestruck life should be able to hit you in that way. And if you can't feel anything, unless it's, you know, asses and keto cupcakes on your Instagram feed, then there's a problem, right? Speaking to the, to the choir here, what's up? Um, no, I just love these asses and keto cupcakes. I just, I mean, yeah, I try to hit a good little, yeah, people, people get that. I, that's a little, I'm a stand-up comedian in another life. It's great. Um, so we built a program to do that. So again, people can have that experience. Um, we have Masterful Man, which is basically, it's very similar or similar. We go, we do the dopamine detox in that program. That's a 90 day protocol. And then like just an ongoing community and membership that guys can be a part of ultimately just to give guys that space to like, where do guys still don't know where to go to just process reality. They're not very good at it. And it's not just like a kumbaya, like, how are you feeling kind of thing. And it is that when it needs to be, but it's more this like really just tangible kind of life skills cultivation and genuinely feeling like connected to some bros, which is just so pivotal where we can talk about all the stuff we are all, we're all thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And, and then, you know, I co-facilitate that with eight other really powerful men who are coaches and facilitators in their own right. I think we have a combined like 80 years of facilitation and um yeah just a really really powerful experience and then the integrative leadership academy that's that's kind of like my my main baby that shows up mostly in my like one-on-one coaching relationships and then i put together groups sometimes and i'm building that, that out into like a larger kind of uh program as well but yeah anybody if you're intrigued by those things if you're curious just go check them out you know go to my website or my instagram and you know, or send me a message. I'm a human being. You could ask me questions about it. I'm not just going to try to like sell it to you or shove it down your throat. And um, yeah, just know that there's literally there's options and there's solutions for every human experience that you're having. And there's nothing unique about the experience you're having, which is an awkward realization too. But it's like that thing that hurts for you, that thing you're afraid of, that thing that's overwhelming that thing you know you're not even in touch with because you can't even go there like other people have had those experiences and they've made it through those things and there's options you know so i'm just trying to do my part to to hit some of these really tangible places for people in the world obviously starting with myself first you know like the idea of being a masterful man is the is the commitment for the rest of my life 
doesn't mean I'm trying to be perfect all the time, right? It means I'm trying to make it count where it matters. So that kind of spills into everything else, right? And um, just knowing that I even have that option, which is part of what woke up in me in high school when I'm like watching these documentaries and all these things. I'm like, man, the world's super messed up. There's things we can do about it. Why am I doing anything else with my life than just trying to contribute to that? And what is anybody else doing? Like, how do you even, how does life make sense if you're not directly trying to make things better? Yeah. Right. So people need to realize like there's options to get out of the pain and the, the, the struggles that they're in. And there's a sort of like a, a flow. There's a different river of life that you can step into that's based in service and curiosity and, and wanting to deeply understand things and it, and it plugs you into something, you know, it's, it's, it's special. And I, and I, and I think it's the only reason I can even do what I do. It's like the fact that I know how to plug into my circadian rhythm. Right. And like the, the cycles of sunlight throughout the day and the right kind of food I should be eating and the right kind of processes that my body deserve to be experienced and actually require to be experiencing makes, even though we're living in literally the craziest time we can imagine right now, I've never been happier. I've never been healthier. I've never mm -hmm. been more grateful to be alive. And I just want everybody to have access to that. I love it, man. This has been an incredibly inspiring conversation. Um, your, your story, especially is so rich. You made me actually cry at one point there when you're talking about the lightning strike and, and, the, and your mom and, and the dream you had. Um, I'm super grateful for you being here and for everything that you're sharing and for the way that you stand in your truth and the way you show up for service, man, it's super inspiring. And I appreciate it, dude. Thanks, Joel. Um, yeah. Yeah, brother. Nice. Any I final words? I second everything Joel said. And I said it earlier, man, I have a lot of respect for you and, and how you show up and what you do. And I'm grateful that we had this conversation. I look forward to whenever our paths cross again. If you're ever out in Cali, man, you have a place to stay in Topanga. And hopefully I'll make it out to your neck of the woods one of these days. But keep doing what you're doing. Um, maybe at some point in the future, depending on what's going on in this world, we'd love to have you back on. And uh, thanks for everything that you shared, man. Yeah, my, my, my pleasure. It's, uh, I feel so lucky that it's like, we get to have this kind of technology, these kinds of conversations to be, you know, thank you guys for showing up and like putting in, you know, adding your brick by brick each day. You know, I'm glad we're on the same team. Thanks, cool. man. And so all our listeners, we really appreciate you guys listening. And thanks for being here for the truth. We'll see you next time. Take care. Smoking mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in a the time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean.